This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Have a jazz question that needs answering? Well, then give us a call on our podcast questions hotline at 910-LJS-CAST. That's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your jazz question and you may just hear it answered on a future LJS podcast episode. That's 910-LJS-CAST. What's up, everybody? My name is Brent, your host of the LJS Podcast. This is the podcast where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. I'm so glad you're here, so glad you're listening in today. And I want to welcome all of our listeners from all over the world who are listening, uh, whether you're listening from our home base on learnjazzstandards.com or if you're listening from iTunes, YouTube, or any other podcast listening service that you use. Welcome. Thanks for being here. And and on today's episode 47, I, I have a great topic that we're talking about today. Uh, it's three ways that you can develop your original sound on your instrument. This is a question a lot of people ask. A lot of people want to know, how do I sound unique on my instrument, develop my own sound as a jazz musician, as a instrumentalist? And I'm here to answer that question for you today, uh, along with a lot of advice that I've gotten from teachers and really fantastic musicians uh, in in my studies and in my uh, search for this answer. But before we dive into our topic today, we have actually some really cool stuff going on at the LGS podcast this week. So I want to announce those first. And the first order of business is last week in our newsletter, we asked subscribers if they would be interested in creating a logo for us. We, we asked if anybody had any ideas, we're trying to create a logo for the LJS podcast and to submit your ideas. And we did, we did get a lot of submissions. And by the way, that's another reason to sign up for our newsletter. Go to learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter, sign up, get involved. You just get on the inside of so many other things. But we got a lot of, of submissions from subscribers, but we ended up landing on one From Richie Murphy from Sydney, Australia. We want to thank Richie so much for the awesome logo. And you can see that logo on the website now, learnjazzstandards.com. Go to podcast in the top menu. Or of course, you can see it in iTunes or any other podcast service that you use. So awesome logo by Richie Murphy. And I just want to uh, give Richie a little shout out. He's a jazz saxophonist in Sydney, Australia, and he does Skype lessons. So if you're interested in taking some Skype lessons with him, or if you live in the Sydney area, go to his website. It's soundwavemusic.com.au. So soundwavemusic.com.au. And of course, Richie is also a super awesome graphic designer, did a great job for us. And if you need any logo design or illustrations or anything of the sort, go to memecreative.com. That's M-E-M-E creative.com. So thanks so much, Richie. Really appreciate the logo that you made for the LJS podcast. 
Now, we're starting up a brand new segment on the LGS podcast today, and it's called Ask LGS. And what Ask LGS is, is users, listeners like you call into our podcast hotline, leave a voicemail with your jazz questions, and it may just be answered on a future LGS podcast episode. And the whole idea behind this is we really want to hear your questions. You're the listeners. In a lot of ways, this is your show. This show's all for you. We want to know what questions you have about becoming a better jazz musician, and it really can be any question. And we'll be answering this maybe every once in a while on podcast episodes, or it could be every week if there's enough questions, or if there's enough substance to a question, it could last an entire episode. The sky is the limit, but we want to hear your jazz questions. So in order to call that podcast hotline, go 910-LGS-CAST is the number, 910-LGS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. Now, on our website, we actually put up a call to action this last week uh, with the podcast hotline number on it. And so we've actually already gotten some jazz questions from listeners. So here's our very first question of Ask LGS. Hi, this is Dan from San Francisco. Love listening to the show on my way to work. I'm really interested in uh, learning some new solos. But I'm my question is, should I really be focusing on learning them only by ear? Or can I use written out transcripts uh, to learn them as well? Thanks. Look forward to hearing my question. Hey, Dan from San Francisco. Thanks so much for calling the LJS Podcast Hotline. Really appreciate your question. And it's a great question. And I know that a lot of other people are going to benefit from this answer. Now, when it comes to jazz, to learning solos, it's all about improvisation and getting a great ear. And for that reason, it's my opinion and the opinion of a lot of other musicians that you should learn solos primarily by ear because this helps you internalize the music better, helps you memorize the music, and it helps you kind of work a little bit to get that jazz language transferred from a recording onto your instrument, okay? So I think in general, it's more beneficial to learn it by ear. Now, I don't want to say though that learning solos from, you know, transcriptions is a bad thing. I think that's okay. It's okay to go out to a store, buy a book with transcriptions in it and read through it. And I know that can be especially uh, easy for those who read music really well to do that. So I don't want to say it's bad. I never want to say any way of doing something is bad. I think there's uh, certain benefits to it, such as being able to analyze it, conceptualize it uh, by reading the music, by playing through it. Of course, it's quicker, so you could just take a specific passage that you like and uh, find it really quickly and learn it over and over again. But I would always suggest that the best way to do it is by ear. And taking the time and making the extra effort to do that can really pay dividends in your jazz playing. So to answer your question, to summarize this, I would learn it by ear if you can, but that doesn't mean that you should always uh, forget about learning from transcriptions. Hope that answers your question. Thanks so much. So remember, if you want to join Dan in asking a question for the LJS podcast, call the hotline. It's 910-LJS-CAST or 910-557-2278. Leave a voicemail with your question. All right, now on to the main event. This is three ways that you can develop an original sound on your instrument. Here we go.
Now, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today about developing your own original sound on your instrument because it's something that I was very concerned about when I was really studying jazz intensely, you know, during my college days, during the end of my high school days, and uh, even after those days as well, just really intensely studying jazz and really involved in it, learning solos. And I was just concerned about this. So I'd ask my teachers all the time, how do I develop my own original sound on my instrument? How do I sound unique like the musicians that I love to listen to do? So we all want to sound like ourselves, right? Like we, we, we really look up to the jazz musicians that we listen to and we study, but at the end of the day, we want to make our own mark. We want to sound like ourselves. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you before, but has anybody ever said to you, oh, hey, you sound a lot like fill in the blank, Sonny Rollins, Dexter Gordon, Jim Hall, Freddie Hubbard. I mean, of course, it's an honor if anybody says that you sound like those musicians. That's a great thing. But deep inside, you also might feel this little tinge of, I wish that they didn't say I sounded like them. Wish they would have said, hey, you sound unique like yourself. And so this is really what this is all about today, answering this question about how do we become this original sound on our instrument and how do we develop that sound? It's not an easy answer, but I do have some great tips for you that I've learned over the years from teachers and from just exploring myself. And I want to start by saying, no matter what you do, you will always sound somewhat unique to yourself because no one will ever play a note like you. No one will phrase things exactly like you. Even if you try to copy Charlie Parker, lick by lick, note for note, try to copy the intonation as best as you can, you're never going to do it just like him. And No one's really going to ever do it just like you either. So that's the good news. You're already automatically one step in the right direction. You're already going to sound somewhat unique to yourself. It's all about developing that uniqueness, however, and working on that. So I'm going to go over three things that you can do to start developing your original sound on your instrument. And number one, this is an important one, is spread out your influences. Okay, spread out your influences. Listen to lots of different artists. Okay, don't don't get too trapped in one or two or three jazz musicians you like to listen to. And I know that's a big temptation, even for me, is I kind of have found these guys that I really love and I just obsessively listen to them over and over again. I just can't get enough. And that's a great thing. And that also will will help you. But you want to spread out those influences. You want to be always searching for and listening to other jazz musicians because they all have different sounds. They all have gotten the attention that they deserve for a reason. It's because they do have original sounds. And so you want to be listening to a vast spectrum of different jazz musicians and and really getting into them, not only just, you know, kind of listening to them you know, temporarily, but really trying to dive in and find different ones you like. If you're getting too complacent with the music that you like listening to, go out searching for something else that might interest you. You want to spread out your influences. Uh, You know, I talk also uh, in episode 20 of the LGS podcast about how studying other styles of music, you know, not jazz, can really help your jazz playing. And a big reason for that is because it can help influence musically your sound on your instrument and the kind of music you compose and how you play. So I also would suggest not only looking to other jazz musicians 
that you should listen to and study, but also to listen to other styles of music and find other styles of music that you like. You know, I, I've talked about this before in other podcast episodes. I'm influenced by uh, different singer-songwriters and rock groups and all sorts of different music. And I find that that's influenced the way I write music and the way I phrase certain things. You know, I, I listen to that music so much that eventually in my jazz playing, certain elements of that just kind of start seeping out. And that's what you want to happen. It's sort of like this osmosis sort of thing. You listen, 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 and you start just grabbing little things, little characteristics of different artists from other styles, other genres of music, and then from actual jazz musicians. And you start gathering all that and compiling it all together and developing your own vocabulary. So not only listen to other jazz musicians, but listen to other styles of music. Okay. So spread out your influences don't get too tied up with one or two artists that you're listening to. Okay, that's very important. Now, number two is steal what you like. Steal what you like. And I know that the word steal has a lot of negative connotations because stealing is (laughs) about taking something that's not necessarily yours, right? But in a jazz sense, in, in a musical sense, stealing is a good thing and it's not illegal um, as long as you're not uh, making money off of copyrighted material, of course. But I mean just taking music that you like from records, from recordings, figuring out what it is and learning it on your instrument and taking it and studying it. That's what I'm talking about when I say stealing. So you want to steal what you like. Copy elements, whether it's a lick, whether it's a solo uh, or a phrase, or maybe it's a certain uh, you know little... A rhythmic idea that you always hear a certain musician that you like use. Figure out what that is and own it and work it, study it, get inside of it, get it applied to your instrument so that it's able to come out in your music. That's a really important thing to do. And you know, I always talk about that, you know, on this podcast in in the blog on Learn Jazz Standards is learning jazz solos, learning jazz language. That's what this is all about. But to apply this specifically to you know, developing your own unique sound is you want to tie this in with the first thing I talk about, which is spread out your influences. Find lots of different kinds of approaches that you like, that you enjoy and learn those things. So, you know, maybe you're, you're really into Sonny Rollins. And so you, you learn a lot of Sonny Rollins stuff, but maybe, you know, go a completely different direction and and check out Chris Potter. You know, he's a, a modern saxophone player, but he has a lot of different approaches or or maybe you're a drummer and, and you like listening to Max Roach and he's really uh, you know a, a great part of the history of the music and learning how to play Max Roach stuff is amazing. But maybe you want to check out some drummer like Ari Honig, you know, a, a modern New York jazz drummer who does all this polyrhythmic stuff and, and try to grab some of the stuff that he's doing. I mean, those are way different styles, way different approaches. But if you're really taking stuff from both of them, That's going to start influencing you, you know? So not only listening, right? It's also stealing from them. (laughs) That sounds so terrible, but but by mimicking them, essentially, is is more a kind way to say that. Mimicking them and and trying to apply that. Now, you're not going to, of course, verbatim quote things from them. You shouldn't want to do that. Uh, You should be taking those things and trying to manifest them in your own particular way. So that's number two, steal what you like, learn from the other musicians and study what they're doing. Hey, 
Hey everybody, just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing. They know how they want to sound. They're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com slash 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. So the third thing to consider when we're talking about developing our own original sound on our instrument is to identify your strengths and capitalize on them, okay? Identify your strengths and capitalize on them. Now, I wrote this blog post on the Learn Jazz Standards blog sometime last year, and if you go to learnjazzstandards.com and search for this title, it's called The Most Underrated Way to Improve your jazz playing. You can read along with that. And also in the show notes today, if you go to learnjazzstandards.com, podcast in the top menu, and find this episode 47, I'll include that link in the show notes. So the most underrated way to improve your jazz playing. And in that article, I basically talk about how the music that you organically play, that just naturally comes out of your instrument when you're improvising and just playing in the moment, is actually some of the most valuable stuff out there, okay? It's not necessarily that that awesome line that Wynton Kelly played or, or that you learned. It's the stuff that naturally comes out, okay? It's the stuff that just comes out while you're playing. Uh, the music that you create has the most potential in your jazz playing, okay? I want to say it one more time just to drive that home. The music you create has the most potential in your jazz playing. Why? It's unique to you. It's natural. You know, even if you're trying to force out a particular idea, it, it, the way you deliver it, it's one of a kind, okay? And, and this is also why you shouldn't think too hard when you're playing. You know, I, I've talked about that before in this podcast. You know, you want to think in the practice room and then, you know, educate yourself, do all that stuff to prepare yourself. But when you get on the bandstand, you just want to play. You don't want to think about anything. You just want to play and deliver and stuff is naturally going to come out in your playing that if you look back, you'll probably like, and you're going to want to study that just as much as you want to study, you know, the great jazz musicians and what they played. So this is what you need to do. Okay. This is what you need to do. Here's a call to action. Here's some, some something for you to do to actually take action today. And that is record yourself. Okay. Whether it's at a jam session, whether it's a, at a gig or whether it's just you sitting alone in your practice room, you know, playing along to a play along, record yourself, do it often and listen back without being critical of the contents. You know, it doesn't matter what place you are in your jazz journey. If you're an amateur, beginner, advanced player, don't worry about it. Um, it's not about sounding perfect when you record yourself. The idea is to listen and not be critical and find something that really makes you smile. Something that you're like, Hey, I really liked when I played that line. 
and stop. Okay, stop the recording. Figure out what that was. Okay, if it surprised you, figure out what it was that you played. What chord progression was it over? Uh, what chord was it over? Uh, what rhythmic idea was it? You know, whatever it is, figure out what it is. Learn it all over again on your instrument and figure out what that was. That's part of identifying your strengths and capitalizing on it. Find the music that is unique to you and work it. Now, the other part that's a little more obvious with this identifying your strengths and capitalizing on it is just what comes naturally to you when you play music. You know, not everything is is natural, you know, for everybody. You know, some things are easier for others than they are for you and some things are easier for you than they are for others. So what is natural for you in your playing and figure out what that is and really capitalize on it. Maybe you're not a very chopsy player, okay? Maybe you don't have uh, the best technique and the best chops and not to say you shouldn't work on those things, but maybe you have a different way of approaching fast tempos, for example. Well, capitalize on that, you know, really own that. Figure out what is it that I do right now? How can I make that better. Don't try to figure out how to be somebody else. Try to figure out how to be who you are, okay, as a musician. That's part of identifying your strengths and capitalizing on it. Okay, so number three, identify your strengths, capitalize on it. Part of that is figuring out the stuff that you already do and you're playing, basically learning the stuff that you do. Treat yourself like you're a jazz great, that you're learning your own music from your own record, figuring out what you like and owning that. And also just taking the things that you're already good at musically and capitalizing on that and just sitting down and thinking about that. Okay, let's summarize the three points I've talked about for developing your own original sound in your instrument. And the first one was to spread out your influences. You know, don't just listen to the same jazz musicians over and over again. Listen to other ones. Try to find ones that are vastly different from each other that you like. Spread them out. Listen to lots of different jazz musicians, but also try listening to other styles of music because other styles of of music can influence your jazz playing as well. And number two was steal what you like. You know, find those musicians that you like of of those eclectic uh, styles and approaches and steal stuff from them, you know, in, in a good way, you know, mimic what they're doing, learn phrases, ideas that you like and, and own them, take them for yourself and figure out a way to manifest them in your own expression. And number three was identify your strengths and capitalize them on them. Do that by learning your own music that you've already played from recordings and also do that by just observing what you're already good at musically and trying to figure out how you can do that even better. So these three things are incredibly helpful for developing your own original sound. And and now let me just qualify all of this. All this takes a long time. You know, I'm still developing my own sound. Uh, everybody is is developing their own sound in one way or another. And that's just the goal. It's, it's a journey. This jazz thing is a journey. This music thing, it's a journey. And we're all headed the same direction. But these are some things that we can do. And, and again, we're already in a good spot because no matter what you do, you're always going to have something unique about way you, the way you approach music, right? The way you play a line, the way you play a song, the way you phrase a melody. You're never going to do it the same as somebody else, even if you try really, really hard. So keep that in mind. All right. That's all for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you have anything else to add to today's episode, go to the show notes. Go to learnjazzstandards.com, podcast at the top menu, and episode 47, and leave a comment in the comment section below if you have any other ways that you use to develop your own original sound or thoughts on that. This is a jazz community. We want to hear from you. And remember, if you got any value from today's podcast episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation by going to learnjazzstandards.com slash support. That just helps us continue to produce future episodes of this podcast. And remember, if you have any jazz questions that you want answered on the LJS podcast, call 910-LJS-CAST. That's 910-557-2278. Leave us a voicemail with your questions We're looking forward to them. All right, next week we're going to go on for episode 48. We're looking forward to seeing you then. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.